episode 34, episode 34 of CGS. If you've been with me this long, I appreciate you. And if you're just joining, welcome. Episode 34 marks part two of this three-part series. The last episode was Sarah Salzberg, and this episode is another rock star, Brian Latandre. Now, let me talk a little bit about Brian. He's a rock star in the arts. He's been on Broadway. He was killing it. He's worked with world-renowned and international artists, choreographers, all different kinds of things. Been in multiple Broadway shows, and eventually is killing it in real estate as well. Crushing it, absolute crushing it in real estate, also at Bohemian Realty Group. In this episode, we talk about his interests in the arts and how that began. If you could hire any choreographer, past, present, and creative interpretive piece representing his childhood, who it would be and why. His time at Juilliard, the top two lessons that he learned there that served him as an artist that he's going to pass along to you. And basically his first six months out of Juilliard, what that was like. His moments leading up to his Broadway debut. Uh, stage door memories and favorite times on Broadway, his his moments leading up to Bohemia Realty Group, and basically talking about real estate. And if you're an artist who has interest in real estate, how to crush it there and how to crush it in your in your artistic career as well. So I think this episode is going to have a lot of value to you. Introducing episode 34, Brian Latandre, Mike Drop. Welcome to another episode of the Creation Grounds. I have Brian Latandre, real estate extraordinaire, actor extraordinaire, dancer extraordinaire. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Let's start with your interest in the arts. So how did you develop your interest in the arts? So, I mean, I like to think that it was maybe always there in that, um, you know, I always felt like when I was listening, you know, to music on the radio in a car or something, it just, it affected me maybe a little bit differently than it did, you know, my parents or my brothers, like big swells of music made me more emotional than it did other people. And, um, you know, watching, um, watching TV shows like Fame or seeing, I remember seeing commercials for Cats and, um, there was just something in, in me. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. You know, by the age of seven, I was like wearing sunglasses and thinking I was a movie star. <laughs> that's cool. So if you could, yeah. if you could hire any choreographer, past, present, to create an interpretive piece representing your childhood and maybe seven around the time that you kind of started getting that interest, who would it be and why? Um, it's an excellent question. I would pick Twyla Tharp. Um, I worked with Twyla Tharp, gosh, for, for four or five years while I did moving out here on Broadway. And to date, I feel like she's probably the best storyteller through, um, you know, through the lens of actual, actual dance. Um, you don't have to say a word. She's going to, you're going to know exactly what's happening. That's great. And you start, you worked with her first on, on the show in Broadway. I did, yeah. So she choreographed Moving Out on Broadway. She actually won a Tony Award for it. And um, that was my second Broadway show. I jumped into that show actually right after the Tony Awards happened. That's awesome. And yeah. what would you You mentioned Juilliard. What would the top two lessons from that school that served you most in your career thus far be? Career thus far? Um. So the first one, I think, is that, you know, the second you stop learning is the second you start deteriorating. Um, 
you know, even, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, you graduated from the Juilliard School. It's one it's, you know, probably the best school for the arts in the world. Um, when you're done, you're done. You've learned. And that's actually, they teach the opposite. They're like, no, when you've gotten through the school, you're just starting, you know, and um, you never, you never know everything. You never do, whether it's honestly, whether it's real estate or whether it's the arts, it's singing, it's dancing, there's always something to be learned. So you really need to stay a perpetual sponge. And the second thing I would say is that um, good enough isn't good enough. Um, you know, ne never has been. And, you know, and, you know, I, I, what I do is I train people kind of for a living here uh, at, uh, in this real estate office. So I struggle with people's perfectionism a lot. So it really shouldn't have you lean towards a perfectionistic um, mentality all of the time. But if you look at the greats throughout history, whether it's been in the arts or not, good enough was never good enough. It's always about reaching and growth and expansion. I love it. Uh, what would you say your six month, your first six months out of Juilliard and NYC? What was that like? So, my first, I would say, three months out of Juilliard was actually kind of a gift. So, I booked my first professional job before I graduated. Um, I got booked in Carousel at the Paper Mill Playhouse. So, um, with that, left a lot of the initial um, anxiety. Mm -hmm. of, of graduating, I also had made a very specific choice not to join any of the dance companies that I was either asked to join or got accepted into. I wanted to go to Broadway. I was very, very focused on Broadway. Um, so my first three months were kind of a dream. You know, I was like creating this show. Robert LaFosse was the choreographer and I'm, I mean, he's unbelievable um so it kind of felt like i just floated out of juilliard now um i was being paid maybe a couple of hundred bucks a week um i was driving a van you know you drive out to jersey so i was driving a van i think for an extra 75 bucks a week to try to make ends meet mm -hmm. and um the, the show like all shows closed so the three months after that were kind of terrifying, and that's when I really started to, I was cater waitering, and I was hosting at restaurants and waiting tables and kind of bartending, although I had a baby face, so it was a little tough, so <laughs> bartending jobs didn't come so quickly, but um, that's where I was really starting to learn the survival struggle for an artist. And tell me about your moments leading up to your Broadway debut. You, you've been pounding the pavement, um, working for Broadway, you're very crystal clear on that's what you wanted once you graduated um so it must have felt good um when you when you had your broadway debut uh tell me about the moments leading up to that and do you remember the the, the day and what you did up to curtain in preparation I, for that first yeah day? so i think it's important to note you know because i have had a very fortunate career you know i've done three broadway shows and worked on broadway for 16 years and that can sound just you know super like hashtag blessed after carousel when i graduated school i didn't work for a year I, I, I couldn't get arrested you know I was auditioning all over the place and you know or maybe I, I booked you know something quite small but my agent at the time had not let me take it and um, so I was I was doing the hustle you know and the the next theater that hired me a year later was Paper Mill again they hired me back to do My Fair Lady there which was great and that's when I booked Urban Cowboy now Urban Cowboy was my first Broadway show we had an out of town tryout so I did that I went down to Florida to Coconut Grove with the show Lonnie Price was the director, and Melinda Roy was our choreographer. They also brought in Jason Robert Brown as a composer and music director, so the team was 
it was surreal you know it's there's like so much of like you know being in your early 20s and getting to do those things um i will never forget the first moment i stepped on a broadway stage and looked out at the house um lonnie price actually stopped the rehearsal because my face was i mean i was like (laughs) he just I, I, it might have, I might have been the only one with the debut. I don't know, but I was just this kid who had finally stepped on a Broadway stage after I'd seen every Broadway show. You know, I went to TKTS every Saturday to try to see a show. And um, I'll never forget that moment in, in a rehearsal. Lonnie kind of pointed out, he's like, this is it, kid. Like, don't forget this. Um, what I remember from opening night of that show was feeling like I was going to puke. I started the show, the curtain rose up on a group of us, and I was sitting in a squad as if I was playing dice, and I thought I was going to puke all over the stage until the music kicked in, and then I was fine. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, somebody that told me that if uh, if you're not nervous, it means you don't care about it, so that's um, that puking definitely, definitely, I think, can go with that. Um, oh, I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite stage door memory from your time of on Broadway? Any fan stories? Any people um, that you inspired? People that were kind of um, you know wanting to be on Broadway? Anything um, that happened oh, at a stage door? Oh sure. I mean, stage door is really kind of a, it's kind of an amazing place um, for anybody that's you know. I was always so nervous to go to stage doors after the shows and you know meet my heroes. You know, Scott Wise is one of them. Jared Emick was one of them. You know, there's more. Um, but people that I'd sort of looked up to and um, getting to just kind of, you know, chat with people, especially young people, you know, the young people that they're craving it and they want to do it. And yeah, they want your signature in a picture, but also just like any little bits of advice you can give them, you know. Um, my favorite stage door moment, though, probably is my family came to see me and moving out. I was actually on for one of the three principal men. I got to play the part of James and moving out. Um, so I was starring in a Broadway show. You know, and my entire family came to see the show and got to see me perform there. And it kind of just seemed like this, you know, this uh, culmination of all of the work that I had put in, you know, my entire life to get where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me, tell me about the moments leading up to Bohemia Realty Group. So you're you're on Broadway, you're living the dream and suddenly real estate kind of falls into your lap. Uh, tell me about the moments leading up to that and working with Bohemia. Sure, sure. So I actually went to, I think I was still, I was still in, I was actually in Mary Poppins at this point. And um, Sarah, I know Sarah Salzberg through, you know, one of many Broadway channels, you know, she worked on Broadway as well. And uh, I heard that she was hosting a hiring event for real estate agents. And I was like, in my brain, I was like, well, that's, something I could do and still act if I wanted to, like make some extra money, buy a house, who knows, you know, do whatever I wanted to do with this extra money. It sounded amazing. I remember that one of the plugs she gave me was actually imagine going on a vacation for you. And um, at that point, I probably hadn't had a vacation in about 16 years because I used my vacations to work at regional theaters or film movies or commercials or, you know, so I just had no time off. And I was like, that sounds so nice. So anyway, I went to the hiring event, and there was her and maybe four other people. The firm wasn't even yet built. Like, the office wasn't built yet. And she plugged away at it, you know. And um, I heard her. I heard her, and she kind of reached me. And uh, I decided to, you know, to jump on board. So I went through the school, which I hated, but it's only 72 hours. So Mm -hmm. I got through it, and I passed the test, and I started uh, working for Bohemia. And why do you think that some artists have an aversion to real estate? I definitely did at first. Um, 
Why do you think that the majority of artists might have a version oh, to it? Oh, sure. This is easy. Um, ego. Mm. We have so much ego. It's the last thing to go. <laughs> I think, you know, I don't know, maybe artists when they hit 80 or 90 will finally let ego go. Well, let me just, I'll speak for me. I can't talk for other people, but I was afraid that if I started doing real estate, people would think that I had either given up, I couldn't book anymore. The, the business was done with me. I'd gotten too old. I mean, the things that go through our heads, you know what I mean, that, which are none of it is based in reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm a culprit of that too. And I remember that Sarah said to me, because um, I said I didn't want to go back to school, and she was like, it's not another four years to get a, a master's, you know, um, to get an MBA. So it's 72 hours, so suck it up and go. And I was like, well, what do people think I'm not acting? And she said, well... If you want people to think that you're an actor, book acting work and act, and they'll think you're an actor. Wow. Which was like, yeah, I mean, it was it was harsh, but people that know Sarah, that's just kind of, she's just clear about mm-hmm. things, and she's right, though. You yeah. know, I couldn't argue that. So, I mean, people that sometimes will look at my Instagram page, they'll see, like, uh, uh, one post might be about something I'm doing creatively, and the very next post is, like, a duplex that I'm listing. You know, in the village or something like that. So there really, there really is a way of blending those worlds together. But I think the fear is that, um, you know, when I was a kid, people said if you get a career, if you get a fallback career, you're gonna fall back. So don't get a fallback career. And I think that's some of the dumbest advice I've ever had in my entire life. Um, because what I've created here, and I didn't even realize that I was doing it, was a parallel career. Because I never stopped acting. Um, I. I just folded this in. Right. And I asked Sarah this as well. What advantages do you think that artists in real estate have over a traditional real estate agent? Uh, I think we're innately... um, I think we're innately... I think we have more grit. Um, I I was going to say that, you know, we're born with it, but I don't know if that's true. I think that we're conditioned to have it. Um, Most people go and interview for a job once, twice, maybe 10 times in a lifetime. We audition for uh, jobs maybe 10 times in a week. Mm -hmm. Um, We're told no a lot. We still have to get up the next day and move forward. Um, Real estate is not, real estate will change and can change your entire life, your financial history, your future, your retirement, your everything, but it's not opening a door. You know what I mean? That's a myth. Um, there is, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of pivoting. There's a lot of malleability. Um, I think also as artists, we innately we're talkers. We express ourselves. We, you know, people always say I can talk the face off a quarter, meaning I'll talk to anybody. And and I genuinely have this compassion and this empathy that is needed as an artist. And I think actually that maybe more than grit is what has made me successful in real estate. I don't really care what roof somebody puts over their head. I just care that I help somebody find a home so they can start to breathe, you know? So we have that kind of like human human aspect to it. I, I love it. How, how can um how can Bohemia help an artist get started in real estate? Well, um, it's actually it's what we do. You know, it's what well, it's not everything that we do, but and I might be a little bit biased because I actually train at the firm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I train the trainers and I train the seniors once they've graduated, and I you help with. I have my own junior team and I have captains. You know, it's um, I've got 
I've had the luxury and the gift of being able to help people completely change their lives. Um, the training here at Bohemia, I know this sounds like a plug, but I think it's better than any other firm in the city, and that's because it's continuous. You know, you're given a mentor from the time that you sign on at the firm um, until you, what we call, you know, graduate to be a senior agent, and being a senior agent basically just means that you can operate on your own. Um, when people start working in real estate, they start making money. They're not working until four in the morning and then having to sing at 10 in the morning. And let me tell you something, if you're working until four in the morning and having to sing at 10 in the morning, you're not getting the job. Yeah. I don't care how good you are. Audrey McDonald wouldn't get the job. Um, well, maybe she won't. Um, but you, um, you can start paying for voice lessons with like the, with real teachers in the city. You can, you can go back to an evening acting conservatory. They have those. You can get your material coached before you go in. You can get your material played before you go in because, as we know, trying to sing along with the cast recording is not really what they gave you in the music. You know, so there's lots of things that you can start doing that it enables you to do that actually help boost your artistic career. Um, so you mentioned coaching earlier um, in real estate for for Bohemia. And what would three pieces of advice or strategy, mindset you would give to artists slash entrepreneurs? If you give a little... Um... Sure, three pieces of advice. Um, don't rely on the arts to pay your bills, even when the arts are paying your bills. Um, never let the nose get you down. Um, I say this all the time, but not why me, what's next? Like, if you're saying why me, you're stopping yourself. If you're saying what's next, you're propelling yourself. Um, remember that you are a human first and you are an artist second. I find that this confusion happens, especially in our youth. I think in our youth, we are a lot more angsty and we want to live our lives. You know, we are an artist first and foremost, and that has to dictate every single thing that we do. Um, and we're losing the fact that we're actually a human being and have certain needs. Got it. And wh what would you, um, what skills do you think real estate can give to amplify an artistic career? Business, business Is skills. Business skills. Um, yeah. So, well, it, business skills and also I want to say like the, the luxury and the power of choice and folding in the word no to your business. You know, I know a lot of people that go out of town, principal actors to work for three or 400 bucks a week because they need Cigna health insurance mm. and they need to get their weeks in, right? So they can't say no to jobs that they don't want to do. So then they go out of town and they do the job and they're quite miserable being there, but you can't live without health insurance, so they need to get it. That has lifted for me. I don't have to do that anymore. When somebody is offering me a contract um, I both have the power to I mean I still have an agent but I have the power to negotiate it and I have the luxury of walking from the contract if I'm not going to get what I need not deserve or I'm entitled to but what I need in the contract um, you there's a self-worth that comes in uh, being successful in, uh, at something that is not the arts um, so I think folding those into an artistic career has really helped the people that have come here and, and started to work in real estate. Love it. And you mentioned earlier that you're still acting. You never act. You never stopped acting. Um, and you also have this thriving real estate business. What are you currently aiming for in your artistic career and your real estate business? Sure. So 
my goals in my artistic career have changed. You know, for a long time it was I want to get to Broadway, and then I did that. It's I want to dance for certain choreographers. I did that. I want to sing for certain composers. Like so, you know. And I'm older. You know, so I think that I'm a bit more selective in the things that I want to do. I certainly would love to go back uh, to Broadway, but you know, let's just say I'm a little old for shows like Newsies. You know, and I'm a little, but I'm a little young to play the character men in a show like that as well. Mm-hmm. So the shows that I'm auditioning for are um, I'm a bit more selective on both for you know. Um, because of choice of the shows that I want to do and also the shows that I'm probably unbookable doing right now, you know. Um, I am also doing a solo show at 54 Below. It'll probably be sometime in September. And I should also say, this is a great opportunity to say, that I probably would not be doing that without having worked in real estate. You know, I want five pieces behind me. I'm having two female singers helping me. I've got an amazing music director. Like, all of these things cost money and for me my entire um the beginning of my broadway career was my legs so not a lot of people have heard me actually like sing a full evening so it's a really great opportunity for me to get out there and just sing and to actually have the financial ability to pay the people i need to help me do it properly right um my goal in real estate is um i want to continue helping people shift their perspectives. I love training. I love teaching people. I love having, um, I love helping them rather, uh, get what they want out of life and witnessing them grow, um, as they go. Um, I also am, uh, super driven to continue my own sales business. Um, I actually think I'm about to list a, property in the West Village for one of my Juilliard teachers, which is a really serendipitous turn of events. Um, and I'm going to continue to thrive and to make money and not rely on the arts to pay my bills, but pay my bills on my own and then choose, uh, use arts to feed my soul and uh, retire nicely when I want to retire. Love it. So there's somebody out there right now, an artist, maybe um, maybe they haven't come to New York yet or they are in New York. They're looking for um, a job and they potentially have an interest in real estate. What are three things that that artist would need to know if they're interested in real estate, the good, the bad and the ugly, the challenges, the ups, the downs, all this kind of stuff? Sure. Um, let see. Well, the, the good, let's go with the good first. Real estate has the potential uh, to change the way you live your life for the rest of your life. I tell people that come on board, you need to put in a year of some of the hardest work you've ever done to change the trajectory of the rest of your life. It's 365 days. It's worth it. Um, Another thing is that you're starting a business, you know, like I I like to equate starting a real estate business, like opening a coffee shop or a bar. Um, There's investment, you know, you have to buy coffee grounds before you sell that $8 latte. So giving it that mindset when you're coming in helps things land a little bit easier. And um, like I mentioned before, like real estate agents don't open a door and get paid. You know, it takes work, it takes persistence, it takes commitment and um, and investment. That's the second. And I think the third thing uh, would be to remember to put some of your real estate earnings back into your artistic 
career. You know, I think when people come on as junior agents, their artistic career sometimes is put on a slight hold because you really have to invest to get the ball rolling. But once the ball is rolling, you know, you've pushed it up the hill and now it's kind of going on a plateau. You don't have to push as hard over and over again and you can start to take some of the money that you've made and reinvest it back into yourself. Love it. And for the artists that aren't interested in real estate, but are strictly inspired by your career and accomplishments, what piece of advice would you have for them to getting to the next stage of their career? Um, let's see. Figure out what makes you uniquely you and commit to that. I think some of the biggest mistakes I see across the board are people trying to imitate somebody else, right? Like, um, there's already a Ryan Reynolds out there. There's already an Audrey McDonald out there. I've used her name twice now. Obviously, I like her. There's already <laughs> Patty Lapone. There's a, you know, insert any name that you want to insert in there, Anthony Warlow. Um, but there's only one you, and there is something about you that makes you uniquely you. And if you can figure out what that is and commit to it, that is going to separate you from the other people that you are um, auditioning with which maybe would bring me to my second point, which is that your only competition is you. Uh, don't let yourself get all heady about who you're in the room with or who's going in after you or who's booking this and who's not booking this, particularly if, you know, I think one of the biggest kisses of death is you don't book a show and then you're immediately going on one of the websites to find out who booked it. Who cares? Mm. Move on. Compete with yourself, you know? Um don't take no for an answer. Uh, I auditioned for moving out six times before I got an offer. And the first offer I got was to be the matinee James on the first national tour. My agents made me turn it down, which I very reluctantly did. <laughs> and then I got asked to join the Broadway company, but they were very clear that it would only be for six, six weeks while somebody was gone. And then I would be out and I stayed with the show, you know, for four or five years after that. Um, but it took me six times. So every time I didn't get it, it wasn't no. It was just not now. Beautiful. I ask all my guests this. Um, <laughs> when you think of the word creative, who comes to mind for you and why? Oh, gosh. This might be a um, this might be like not a traditional answer, but um, parents. <laughs> you know, like uh, I could say Twyla Tharp, you know, she's got the creative habit. She wrote a book about it. Matthew Bourne, who's one of the most incredible choreographers who I also have worked with. Um, Jason Robert, you know, composers, but like, uh, you want to see some real creativity? Uh, look at a parent trying to wrangle, you know, three kids that are smearing peanut butter on the walls <laughs> and sticking, you know, and, and crying and hungry. And um, it's... Um, it's an art. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Beautiful, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on the uh, the podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure. I've learned a lot. Um, and I'm looking forward to taking a coaching session with you. All right. That sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, man. All right. Talk soon. Follow Brian at Instagram at handle Brian Latendre, B-R-I-A-N-L-E-T-E-N-D-R-E.